Today on The Topping Show, support Russia, goes straight to jail, John Stewart attacks the Second Amendment, Poland reduces aid for Ukrainian refugees, Joe Rogan picks Trump over Biden, Janet Yellen claims there will be no bailout for Silicon Valley Bank, Amazon drones fail to launch, Saudi Armco hits record profits, actually the most profits in publicly traded history, all that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN and Topping Technologies. ExpressVPN helps protect your online data, and Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. If you're a business owner and IT leader, give some assistance. You can reach them at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Going to the business part of the podcast, Pfizer signed an agreement to buy Segan for $45 billion dollars. Segan is a pharmaceutical company specializing in antibody drug conjugates or conjunctions, however you want to say it, which is a new class of drugs which have the ability to target and kill tumors without damaging healthy cells, which would be revolutionary since the worst part about cancer treatment is when you attack the tumors and all the malicious cells, it kills everything around it. Now, this would be the largest merger since 2020 when Abiv bought Allergen. One of the reasons Pfizer is doing this is because they're projecting to have a $17 billion drop in revenue by 2030 due to a combination of a slowing demand for COVID vaccines as well as patents expiring for their top selling drugs. And a lot of people will prefer to buy generic, which is a fraction of the cost of the name brand. The the reason that generic drugs can be made is because the patents expire. Now, another company called Relatively Space is making a 3D printed rocket. A two-stage ta- two rocket made by mostly 3D parts is on their uh, schedule to launch. However, it's aborted a couple times. The last aborted launch came within 45 seconds of the launch. The first launch la- attempted last Wednesday was aborted due to a due at the one minute mark because of a valve issue. So it's fascinating to see how many of the components they'll be able to successfully 3D print for these rockets. And if that might be a cheaper price point than SpaceX models where they actually reuse the rockets where once the thrusters are depleted, they drop back down and reuse them. However, if you can make it out of 3D printed materials, that might be even cheaper depending on what kind of economies of scale and what kind of costs they're getting. So it'll be interesting to see how that development progresses long term in the aerospace industry. Saudi Armco hits a record public profits or public trade profits they hit 161 billion dollars in 2022 they're also known as saudi arabian oil co that's the highest annual profit by a tr- publicly traded company in history numbers were somewhat artificially boosted in part due to the russia oil embargo and 2020 production was 11.5 million barrels of oil per day their goal is to hit 13 million barrels per day in by 2027 in order to hit those numbers, they're going to invest $55 billion of their capital in technologies and infrastructure to boost production. So big risk, but obviously big reward if they're able to get that oil out even more efficiently and faster. So that's astonishing. More, more profits than any other company in history for public trade. That is a monumentous achievement. Definitely wish I had some of their stock. Now, Amazon drones failed to launch. They're citing a myriad of regulations they need to overcome in order to be able to expand the offering. In order to get approval from the Federal Aviation Administration, also known as the FAA, 
Amazon must complete several hours of flying without any blunders, after which they have to send that data to the FAA. To the, FAA. the FAA oversees, oversees the approval process for commercial deliveries. The current sample size or the current trial run, some might say, is only limited to two cities in the United States. Those two cities for the Amazon drones being College Station in Texas and Lock, uh, Lockford in California. And even more difficult for the Amazon drones and logistics is the FAA stipulates that the Amazon drones can't fly over roads or people. With the sample size of those two cities, only 1,400 people have signed up for the service. Those two homes are actually right next to each other, oddly enough, and they go, they are delivering to those two homes that are located less than a mile away from the Amazon facility. So pretty solid sample size, the living stretches to see how they're able to expand it once they can show the FAA the data where they can show they're not any catastrophes when they're using this technologies. According to the culture section of the podcast, John Stewart attacks the Second Amendment with an interview with a Oklahoma Republican Senator Nathan Dan. A couple things John Stewart highlighted in the interview, which many pushed back on after even just a minute of research on the internet. Now, John Stewart highlights the section of the Second Amendment that says a well-regulated, which back in the day just meant operating well, especially if you read anything about the Founding Fathers. Also, malicious use of data or inaccurate use of data. John Stewart says gun homicides are on the rise and highlighted 50,000 deaths by gun. That number, and so he wants to conflate the two, making you think that's 50,000 people that died from homicide. However, that 50,000 deaths in 2022 that includes suicide, which every death is a tragic loss. But you're trying to tell people it's homicide. You're including and conflating those two statistics together to try and make your argument more valid. However, that nothing can be further from the truth. In actuality, in 2022, gun homicides decreased in comparison to 2021, and they noted that over 60% of the 40 to 50,000 deaths by the guns were self-inflicted. More importantly, it's estimated that firearms are used for self-defense purposes between 1 million and 2 million times per year, according to the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology. Now, Nathan... Senator Nathan Dan correctly states it's a people problem, not a gun problem, which perhaps is most effectively highlighted with the city of Chicago having more gun regulations than anyone could count, yet they still have some of the highest crime rates in the United States. Same for several other cities that have high restrictions on gun rights. Now, the whole interview John interviewed has this snotty, contentious attitude and tone and it's ridiculous. There's over estimated over 20,000 laws in the United States between federal and state governments restricting guns. And also when Nathan tried to combat some of John Stewart's points, talking about bigger picture, he noted that more people die from obesity and opioids. John Stewart just doesn't, didn't care about those. He just kept going back to this conflated number of the, all the deaths from firearm incidents. And then Further than the point, Nathan also said, when they're talking about school shootings, Nathan said, 80% of school shooters come from single-parent homes. To which, John Stewart simply sneered and tried to make yet another out-of-left-field argument that had nothing to do with the actual, another red herring argument, rather. And the whole interview is choppily edited, and just goes to the point, there is no positive reason to go on those types of shows. 
especially if you sign the paperwork that says you're allowing you're allowing them to edit it however they want and that's exactly what they did there's several youtube videos breaking down the whole interview where you can see how choppy it is so they're splicing in different points to make john look like the hero and it looks like john's in control of the situation it's just completely bs that's why when i when i have interviews with people i always tell them we're not going to edit this the only thing we do is put in an intro and put in an outro what you see is what you get just how all these should be but there's no reason to go on those shows and you're not going to get an umpire i mean john stewart has his agenda you're not going to be able to convince him otherwise with facts or logic it, he repels them like oil and water trying to mix they just won't and in the end it just made the senator didn't make him look good and the senator was not able to properly get his points across because of how he's edited so he's not going to reach that audience that he wants to so if he really wants to increase the awareness of the situation how his state is handling the problems and how he believes the most effective way to reach a solution for these problems go on a show that isn't so ridiculously biased against guns and against them or if you're going to have that debate have it with a third party moderator can give each side of the argument equal time and representation, and there's no BS editing. So perhaps I should have been under the business blunder section of the podcast, but I understand what the senator was trying to do to get his point across, but it was just the worst platform and one of the worst interviewers to do it with. Now, other interesting culture news, Joe Rogan said that he would actually vote for Trump over Biden, and the media is freaking out since you're Highwood and you're famous you're definitely not allowed to say that without quote unquote getting canceled uh thankfully joe rogan has his own comedy club and he's big enough and he has a platform where he's not going to get canceled because of his huge cultural influence now it's interesting to see joe rogan's progression of his political philosophies he's had some great interviews with a couple different political figures including um i think it's bernie sanders last year which even though i don't agree with what bernie sanders says Still an interesting interview to learn about his perspectives, as well as get to know a little bit more about the both of them. Now, Joe is saying that in 2020, he actually voted for Libertarian candidate Joe Jorgensen, who I thought was a candidate who has a couple of exceptional good points, especially when it comes to an individual's right to defend themselves and their family, aka the Second Amendment. Now, previously, Joe Rogan said that he wouldn't vote for, Bi vote for Biden, but he also wouldn't vote for Trump. But now it's getting to the point where Joe Rogan's, it's due to Biden's mental decline and Joe Rogan's opinion, He's saying he, there's no way he would vote for Biden. He's going to go for Trump. So it's interesting to see what kind of cultural impact that might have, him being one of the most popular celebrities in comedy as well as podcasting. I mean, he's the number one on Spotify. And for most of my life, every traditional celebrity was a monolith. They really didn't deviate much from their beliefs. It was all they had the same line card and they just repeated the same talking points. So it's refreshing to see a different opinion in the public light. And hopefully you get to share more of those ideas and learn more about those perspectives. Now, interesting with the global community going to the politics, Poland said that they are going to reduce the aid for Ukrainian refugees in half. They, infl they noted inflation as one of the contributing causes. This will start in March and it will shift to the point where Ukraine, Ukraine refugees will have to cover half of their shared accommodation capped at 8.5 euros per day if they stay in the country more than 30 days. Poland had announced this in December, but they had such a visceral public backlash against this, they backed off until more recently. Going May forward, refugees will have to account for 75% of their accommodation cost if they're expected to stay more than 180 days. However, you don't have to worry about this if you are 
a child, pregnant woman, or just pregnant, single parent, or parent, parents with kids under 12, or the elderly. So there's a lot of carve-outs, and obviously for certain situations, you want to have more accommodation than others. But it'll be interesting to see, like, what's the actual percentage of people that will actually be impacted by this? Is it 5%, 10%? I mean, basically just guy, single guys, I mean, are only going to be affected by that. So it'll be interesting to see if this has any impact on their budget at all, since who knows how small that uh, sub-segment is. Now, Ukrainian refugees have also been given a myriad of other benefits, such as free access to healthcare, public transportation, and child care subsidies and child subsidies. Poland spent an estimated 8.36 billion on Ukrainian refugees in 2022. The European Union told Poland not to make refugees pay for their own accommodations. You know, it's coming out of Poland's own pocket. Although those are rookie numbers. They gave 8.6 billion and we've given near, what was it, 100 billion? So U.S. is number one. Now, other political news. Janet Yellen, the U.S. Treasury uh, Secretary, she said there will be no bailouts for Silicon Valley Bank, apparently. She noted that the government would assist the regulators in their attempt to protect depositors, but claims there will be no official federal bailout. I'm kind of skeptical just on the historicals of companies getting bailed out by the U.S. government. Both Obama and Bush introduced bailouts for investment and commercial banks during the Great Recession of 2008, which is caused by the subprime mortgages. So she's saying that, but with so much money riding on this and the ripple effect of so many, just a moment, momentous amount of businesses that are currently using that banking entity, it'll be interesting to see if they stick to their guns, they don't provide any official aid or what happens to the situation with so many businesses potentially just having no money. The deposits might be, they might, if they're not having the deposits insured, they might never get that money back. And depending on how, what percentage of your total savings or, or total dollars are in that account, it could be detrimental. Other pickle news. Say you support Ro- Russia, go directly to jail. This is coming from many of the countries in the European Union. Specifically, there's an instance where a 59-year-old woman by the name of Marzna T. She was in Poland. She faces up to five years in prison for posting pro-Russia and pro-Putin beliefs on Facebook. And, which is ridiculous in my opinion, because again, I might not believe, I might not agree with anything Putin or Russia is doing, but you should be able to have the freedom to express your thoughts and feelings. However, that's not the, they're not the United States. They really don't have much, maybe freedoms in that regard. There's no first amendment there. And specifically between um, February and May in 2022, she praised the Russia invasion of Ukraine. She noted, quote unquote, for freedom, this is what Putin is fighting for his people, quote unquote. She also wrote and claimed that, quote, unquote, President Putin leads all nations oppressed by Zionism. He leads all Slavs. Maybe Poland will free itself from the power of these torture. So she kind of shoots herself in the foot with her credibility with the whole Zionism thing, which I find disgusting and repugnant. But she, she again, it's disgusting, but no human should lose the ability of freedom of speech. Now, a larger, going back to this case, the judge is actually commissioned a psychiatric evaluation to see if she was sane when she made those posts. And her argument is she is noting that she made that statement because she was triggered by, quote unquote, fear of war and fear for the children, which are rational points. War is never good for anyone. There's going to be a lot of collateral damage. It's a sad thing. I would suspect many people would have a visceral reaction of any war, especially if it's in your country or a country right next door. So... 
she's perhaps trying to use the argument of I wasn't saying at the time, so you can't pro you shouldn't prosecute me. Now, more recently, she noted that, quote unquote, I'm against the war. Putin's message before the outbreak of the war did not show that he was striving for it. There was only talk that the rules were violated, violated and NATO troops approached the borders of Russia. So she's making the point that she also had the information given to her at the time was it was Russia being aggressed. That's her perspective. And that's what she was understanding at the time. And it'll be interesting to see how many years they throw her in jail for a Facebook post, which is just ridiculous. And this is no way unique only to Poland. In Germany, they made it a criminal offense for anyone to post pro-Russia activity using the letter Z, which has nothing to do with World War Z. I did Google that much, or Brave Search, more appropriately. And that's because that Z, the letter Z, has become a rallying symbol for the Russian soldiers because they've been marking that on vehicles in order to prevent friendly fire. Now, you go to jail just for posting that one symbol in Germany. Another, man, they just really have it out for grandma this, this week. A 68-year woman in Ireland was jailed for 16 weeks for allegedly calling refugees rapists and criminals when she was in a hotel lobby. She venomously disagrees and denies that. Her perspective and what she says officially, she noted that she went to the hotel and she demanded to know how many refugees, how many Ukrainian, Ukrainian refugees were there, which is also an odd question in and of itself. But yeah, she's in jail for 16 weeks. Again, saying something disgusting and I don't agree with, but they threw grandma in jail just for having, saying something out loud in public. Which again, just goes to show you that the United States is still the best country when it comes to freedom of speech. It's the only country that has it enshrined in the Constitution and the foundation. And it's scary, concerning, and disgusting to see other nations jail people for their political beliefs. Again, you shouldn't have to be in a monolith and all follow the same thought, Trayak. You should just be able to have that belief. And it's concerning because controlled speech, compelled, compelled speech... It's straight out of 1984 and the most dystopian hellholes you've ever heard of if you read any science fiction book. The, having the threat of speech under attack is disgusting. And perhaps that should be a business blunder of the week that's more political. However, hopefully more countries enshrine the First Amendment and give people the freedom to say what they want. Because the best ways to spread good ideas is to have the free exchange of ideas, have open debates, and hopefully we have to see more of that. Now, going on the business blunder of the day, it was really it was uh, reported that Etsy is also using Silicon Valley Bank, and think of them as Amazon.com, but for more boutique handmade items. A lot of artists and creative people use it. It's a great platform for that purpose if you want to get those things out to the market. Etsy is telling their users to expect delay in payments, and they also revealed that they are using SV. They're using Silicon Valley Bank to facilitate the payment processes as well as Etsy just using it as a traditional checking account. And of course, since Silicon Valley Bank went belly up, there's a lot of concern on what's going to be the future. Again, going back to what I was saying earlier, this ripple effect is going to affect a lot of businesses. And hopefully they're able to ride it out appropriately or and survive. But Etsy using Silicon Valley Bank, that is the business blunder of the day. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. If you'd like to see more content like this, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment. And also don't forget to 
tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone to stay safe and fight the good fight.